and welcome to the Rural Bookkeeping Podcast. This podcast shares bookkeeping tips, tricks and general business advice to help you grow your business. In case we haven't met, my name is Emily Cinderberry. I am a rural bookkeeper, business improvement specialist, mum and farmer. I live on a property north of Condoblin in central west New South Wales and I'm passionate about supporting rural small businesses. Let's dive into today's episode. Carmen, thanks so much for joining me on the Rural Bookkeeping podcast today. I'm really excited to have a chat about budgeting for our rural businesses. But first, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your business? Oh, thanks, Emily. It's good you're excited about budgeting. People generally aren't. But I'm, I'm glad you're excited about chatting to me. So I run AgriFocus. We're a farm business training company. And we do face-to-face training and some online training. And I'm based in Tulimba, New South Wales, so west of West Wyalong where I live with my husband and kids on our mixed cropping property. And, yeah, I really love doing all of this sort of stuff for our business. I love helping other people with it. And, yeah, you and I are probably some of the rare people that do get excited by it. So it's great to be having the opportunity to talk about it today. Yeah, hopefully uh, after this quick chat, we might be able to inspire some others to get excited about budgeting and um, maybe improve the way they do it so they they can get excited. So let's start by getting an understanding of why budgeting is important. So can you explain to us why it's important for our business and what benefits it can provide? Yeah, look, there's all sorts of budgeting. You can do sort of performance-based budgeting. You can do forecast budgeting. You can do cash flow budgeting. You can do all sorts of budgeting, you know, capital items and working out whether they're really good for your business. But I think today we might focus on cash flow budgeting, which is possibly the most common sort of budgeting that a business will do. Um, The most profitable businesses will fail if they can't manage cash flow. So even if you've got great things happening in your business, doesn't have to be a farming business, whatever business it is, often when things are going really, really well, you need a lot more inputs. There's a delay before the cash comes in or before you start making a profit. And if you can't manage those periods in your business, you will fail. And we also have to look at cash or capital as one of the inputs into our business. So we might have labour as an input or seed or fertiliser or livestock or any number of different things. Cash or capital is also a necessary input for our business. And we need to make sure that we've got enough of that input available at the right times. And also, like any other business input, we need to make sure we're using it effectively. So just in the same way as you wouldn't have three staff just sitting around for half the day not doing anything else, you don't want to be in the situation where you've got lots and lots of money in your bank account that could be working for you in a different way. So it's about just managing not just the difficulties, but also when things go really, really well. Yeah, I love that. And I think, too, it's important um, to tie it back to when people look at a profit and loss report and, you know, they might see a big profit sitting at the bottom and they go, well, why doesn't that match the cash in my bank account? Like, where's all that profit? So um, there's lots of different ways, I guess, that we can, or reasons that the budgeting is important so that we know where our cash is. Yeah, it's fantastic. And it's also quite timely. So once we get our reports from our accountant, they're often six to 12 months out of date. So staying in touch with our own businesses quarter or following some seasonal triggers that are important for our business is really, really important. 
Yeah, yeah, cool. And I know you've got a nice set of steps of, um, for the process of budgeting. So can you run us through those steps and how we go about preparing a cash flow budget for our business? Yeah, certainly. Look, I think the first thing to do sometimes is just have a really quick office cleanup. And uh, and I don't mean like a massive job. I mean, just getting out the dirty coffee cups, the kids' toys, if there's any parts lying on you, rid of them and putting them somewhere else. So you've just got a nice sort of relatively tidy workspace to start with. And I love the- that. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I don't think it needs I'm to be sure, perfect, but you, sure you don't want everyone, to get... Yeah, in that space. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, And the other thing you need to do is get your books roughly up to date. I think this is the point where everybody pauses and they just get so caught up in getting things up to date that they never really move on then to that budgeting period. Start chasing up fuel receipts from family members and wondering where an invoice is and just going down this, you know, like minefield of working out what they should really be archiving. Um, I really don't think that's important. We're really lucky with our electronic banking systems. We're really lucky with the fact that we don't use checks so much anymore. Um, So a bank reconciliation isn't a necessary starting point to work out how much money you've got. Generally, the money that you've got in the bank correlates fairly closely with your available cash. And just looking at a list of bills still to come in for the month will give you a really good idea of what your position is. Is that how you tend to start, Emily? Yes, I think that's a fantastic starting point because you are so right in that um, people do get tied up in making sure everything's reconciled and everything and then they don't move forward, like you say, um, because that's a big enough task in itself sometimes. So, yeah, I think starting the process is important. Yeah, just getting started. So then I like to move on to a really nice easy step to start with, and that's forecasting the fixed costs for the business. So these are things like electricity, insurance, telephone bills, lease money, rent money, all of those sort of fixed costs, which you know, whether it rains, whether it pours, whether you destock, restock, whatever, these costs are going to be relatively consistent. So you factor in your finance costs, if you've got equipment repayments, those sorts of things and just get a bit of a handle on what those are to start with and it's great if you've got a chart of accounts structured so you've got all of those things together and you can quickly not get bogged down just throw some big dollars at those things and round them up always round them up so you know roughly your electricity bill might be sort of somewhere around $900 a month you might say okay let's just allow a thousand plonk a thousand in per quarter and start putting some numbers around those fixed costs. Yeah wonderful. I think that's a really good place to start. And I think what you touched on there about um, making sure your chart of accounts is tied in um, nice to make that easy because I've seen some chart of accounts that are massive and to budget for those fixed costs would be hard with so many of those different accounts. You know, they might have 10 different interest accounts and it's just crazy. So I think simplifying it um, to make your budgeting process easy is a really good tip. Yeah, and also making sure that you just perhaps only isolating the numbers that are going to drive decision decision making in your business. So profitability is not driven in our business by our electricity bill or by our internet costs or by our telephone bill. So some of those costs can be grouped in together. We just allocate a number to them and that gives us a little bit of headspace to really drill down on what makes profitability in our business and what's going to drive that. So that's the second step and that's a relatively easy one that you should be able to tick off. Love that. 
So our third step is to forecast variable costs. And this is where it starts getting a little bit trickier. So variable costs are things that vary in relation to how much we're producing. So in livestock enterprises, there are things like fodder, animal health costs, which might vary per head. Uh, in cropping enterprises, we're looking at things like seed, super, and everything else. So often the variable costs are tied very much in our production plan. And this is where people can get really bogged down and, and just sort of, you know, in that sort of either positive or negative mindset spiral. So if you're working with someone or if you're in that sort of position yourself, it's really good to say, okay, sometimes it's best to deal with this on a scenario basis to say, okay, well, look, if we had an average season, how many stock would we be carrying and what would the cost be? If the season turned dry, what would the variable cost be? Also, if it we had, you know, that ideal amount of rain, not too much as some parts have had this year, but if we had a really good amount of rain, you know, would we increase our cropping area? Would our variable costs go up? So you can put potentially one or two um, or three scenarios around that variable cost framework just to make that decision making a little bit easier. Alternatively, you can just work on an average scenario if you're in a region that's fairly variable or you're running a business that has you know, a great deal of consistency perhaps with their variable costs. So it's a cafe, they're open a certain number of hours and they can relatively have some consistency there with some of their staffing costs or their food costs. Yeah, I think that's a really good tip. And I like, um, I think having those scenarios is important um, for those you know, we know how, how variable our seasons can be. Um, so understanding, you know, having a look at what what do we think the worst could be and, you know, how can we manage that going forward? So putting some, just getting knowledge around and around where you sit in those different scenarios, I think is a really helpful way to look at it. Yeah, great. Okay, then step four, closely related to step three. And again, you might want to approach it on that sort of scenario basis. And that's forecasting income. Now, income's often got two parts. It's got a price part and some sort of yield or quantity component. So often you're trying to estimate two different things there. And it's good to just approach them separately and sequentially. So first saying, okay, what do we expect our production to be? And putting some estimates around that. And then putting some estimates around what we think the prices are going to be. And being realistic about what we think the combination of the two will be. Now, we've we're going through a quite um, uncertain period in terms of pricing, where pricing is potentially not related to production. But in most years, we know that we're not going to generally pair those really, really, really productive years with really, really high prices in lots of different industries. So it's about being realistic about those sorts of estimates there as well. Yeah, and I think um, too, sometimes this is where people get bogged down a bit in going, well, I have no idea, but I think you're better off throwing some figures out there um, than not doing it at all. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, and yeah. just saying, yes, you do have an idea and no one has a better idea than you do about your business. So no one's going to be able yeah. to walk off the street or sit you down in their office and say, uh, off the top of their head, how many livestock you're carrying, how many hectares you're putting in in any particular year and, and what your crop mix or your rotation is in that particular year. No one knows that better than the business owner operator. So I think it's about really acknowledging your own strength there and saying, yeah, well, no one's got a perfect idea. 
But the reality is that I have a better idea than anybody else. And if you're having a bit of trouble, sometimes it's great to sort of lean on some of those people that you work with quite closely and say, have a chat to your agronomist about what a realistic estimate might be or have a chat to your livestock agent about where they think the prices are moving or a grain agent. Um, often bank managers are really in touch with some really good longer term market forecast information as well. So all of the big banks actually have a, a division where they've got some economists, analysts and planners who actually work full time on looking at livestock markets or grain markets and commodity markets and making some estimates. So you can also talk to them about saying, okay, from a price perspective, what do you think would be realistic sort of for a 12 to 18 month forecast for our wheat price, for example, or for young cattle or whatever the situation might be there? So they can be a good, good resource to use as well. You don't have to um, be on top of all of these things yourself in your own business. Yeah, and I think too, a lot of um, those banks, you can even sign up to their newsletters, even if you're not with that particular bank Um you know, you can sign up to their newsletters and get their market reports. Uh, so that can be a really helpful spot to start too. Yeah, there's a lot of information out there. It's just about sifting through it in the most sort of time efficient way possible to come out yeah. with the best information. So that's, yeah. And that's once really again, I think, I think it's not getting bogged down in it. Just try and, um, you know, pick, pick some figures that you think are going to be relevant. It's, it may not be perfect, but it's better than better than not at all so better than not at all yep fantastic yeah so after we get that done so we've forecasted our fixed costs we've looked at our variable costs we've looked at our income it's great then to prepare a draft so we might be doing that in you know a computer program like phoenix we might be using figured we might be using a spreadsheet we might be doing it on a piece of paper and look seriously piece of paper is fine if that's your tool of choice and it's working for you there's no reason not to run with that so you look at a bit of a draft and you see, okay, well, this is our income, this is our expenses, what's left in terms of our business surplus? And that's a good point to consider some sort of capital items. So in lots of businesses, capital items are somewhat discretionary. So we look at what cash we've got available in any one year or in any one period and work out whether we're going to push some of those long-term capital plans forward for our business. So that might be some sort of expansion, might be a reinvestment in genetics, it might be equipment or infrastructure upgrades, and we can work out, well, what's our plan? You know, are we going to wind those back this particular year? Are we going to progress things a little bit more quickly and, and make some time to actually consider those sorts of things? Yeah, I think that's really helpful and a good way to, um, I guess, tie it, tie it all in with your whole, whole farm planning too. Yeah, the budgeting, certainly. I get it stimulates, stimulates and goes, well, what is our plan? It sort of provides some guidance too when you're tying the budgeting process in with, um, yeah, those bigger decisions. Yeah, certainly. Um, you know, we've got our whole farm plans and we just, you know, like to sort of progress with those as well, but they are driven by cash availability and access to credit and all of those sorts of things. So we have to, you know, there's not just one factor. It's not just about saying how much money have we got left over, let's go and blow it. Um, all of that is, you know, part of your bigger plan that you've got for your business. Yeah, yeah, I love that. So when we do that, I think it's a really good um, time to take a few days off and just ha put it in a drawer. Sometimes things look worse than we want them to. Sometimes they look a little bit better. There's so much potential for errors in budgeting. So, you know, there's numerous lines. If we're doing it on a month-by-month basis, there's issues with timing, all of those things. And you get a bit blind. 
you can't see really what you're looking at. So I think it's really good to just take a few days off or send it to somebody else to have a look. So if you're working with a bookkeeper, um, they can quickly run their eyes over it. If you've got an accountant that does this sort of work for you, they can review it. Might be somebody else within the business. And often if you've got a larger business, different people take different roles. But that doesn't mean to say that they don't have the skills to look over a, a cash flow budget and isolate, you know, anything that's perhaps been left out, things that have been put in twice, all of those sorts of errors or omissions or sort of, you know, off sort of forecasts. Yeah, I think that's a really valid point is um, because, I yeah, like you say, when you're looking at something for so long, it's easy to turn blind to it and, um, and make some simple, silly mistakes. So, yeah, coming back a few days later or having someone else look over it um, is a really good tip. Yeah, and I think if you're you're reaching that point at night and you're working on your budget at night, it's so often you're just there and you're just going over line by line and step by step and everything else and, and nothing seems to be working and you put it away and you go to bed and you look at it again the next day and you go, oh, gee, I've put that in the wrong square or this is the wrong error or I've done a problem here or I've left this really important factor out. So I think it's really important not to work on these sorts of things at night even though you may love the quietness of night and the lack of interruptions, and that can be good for concentration, our brains are naturally not as optimistic as they are earlier in the day. And it's great to sort of take a bit of a break and then revisit that when you're sort of feeling a little bit fresher. Yeah, and I think um, doing it in your peak periods, like I know I'm a morning person, so that would be something that I would put into my deep work um, period in the morning. I You would not see me doing it at four o'clock in the afternoon because I just can't function then. So um, definitely try and tackle these bigger projects when when you're at your optimum. Yeah, and it's it's really hard. I think with farming businesses and, and I think certainly with trade businesses as well, you get this rainy day book, bookkeeping mindset, which is great when you get rainy days that fall, you know, in times where you've got some book work to do or that, that correlate with your list of um, office to-do jobs. And it's great when it rains and if that's making you feel a little bit optimistic, that can be helpful as well. But if you're only waiting for that and if that's the main trigger for you to action some of these really necessary jobs... Uh, you're probably not on top of things in the way you should. And I know we're all facing some pretty severe labour shortages in, in farms and businesses at the moment, uh, but it is important to prioritise these sorts of activities in your business. Yeah, and I think that comes down to getting yourself really structured and we could do a whole other episode on this about sort of business management and allocating time um, because your business, you know, if you're in a service industry or um, your business is the most important client so you've got to spend the time and actually allocate the time instead of saying yeah I'll do it on a rainy day like you know maybe you spend allocate one day a month to do a kind of like a CEO day um, and sit down and go through your budget and do all those higher level tasks so you've just got to schedule the time and you know schedule other things around it because other things can be flexible too even though you might you might think they're more important. They probably they may not be. So I think, yeah, being really structured about in your approach. Certainly. And it's about seeing this as a really high-level business activity. 
that forecasting of variable costs, the forecasting of income, the consideration of capital items, they're something that you can't really outsource to anyone that doesn't have an intimate knowledge of your business. There's plenty of other things that you can outsource within, even within the financial responsibilities of your business. So you can outsource bill paying, you can outsource some components of your bookkeeping, but this is something that I think business owner operators really need to um, hone in on as one of those essential tasks that they dedicate their really important time and mental resources to and look at yeah, offloading I love some that. of those other things. Yeah, I love that. And it comes back to valuing your time too and and knowing that that is a high-level task that, like you say, only you know your business that well to, to actually um, schedule those things. So that's awesome. So um, I also know you've got a farm budgeting masterclass. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yes. So I run face-to-face training workshops and they're really really great but a lot of people can't make it to the you know town on the time or something comes up so I've been for a couple of years offering our farm budgeting masterclass as an online course so it's entirely self-paced so people can work through the six modules there's a workbook we've got an excel lessons so if people don't have an existing budgeting tool they can use that to sort of plonk the numbers in and add them all up So we go through those sort of seven or eight steps in more detail, talk about what happens when we have perhaps a surplus of cash in the business or when there's a deficit of cash, you know, what do we do in terms of financing that deficit and what things can we move in different times? A little bit about coping with that headspace aspect of it. Like it can be really, really confronting uh, and making sure everyone's got the right mindset when they're coming to, to budgeting and not looking at it as something that's about cutting out expenditure looking at it more from the perspective of driving profitability and productivity and making sure that we've got the cash available to make those things happen and to to achieve our business goals I love that I think it's really important the whole often people that's the first thing um, you know if you ask someone about budgeting and increasing cash flow or something their first answer is I've got to cut costs but I think it's really important to understand that, um, yeah, like you say, it's about the profitability and there's lots of different ways. You don't just have to cut costs to um, to increase your profitability. So that's, that's a really important point. Not at all. And the amount of times I've dealt with somebody that said, oh, look, I just sat down to do this budget and things weren't as bad as I thought. Do you know? So they're walking yeah. around <laughs> thinking that they're really in this precarious position, but they're not. Um, yeah. And it's easily manageable and that, you know, they're not taking up some really great opportunities within their business or within their lives because they think things aren't really all that good. They just, just don't really have a good handle on where they're at at any particular time. So it can be really quite empowering, I think, if you know where you're up to. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's really important. So how um, can you just tell us where those people can access that farm budgeting masterclass if the, if this podcast and chat has um, sort of inspired them to get on top of their budgeting and but they want a little bit more guidance, how do they access that masterclass? Yes, yeah, certainly. So it's at agrifocus.com.au, so A-G-R-I-F-O-C-U-S-E-D.com.au um, and they'll have a look, can have a look there and have a look at what's involved and all of that. Awesome. And I'm sure if they've got any questions or further budgeting questions, they can either reach out to you or to me and 
um, yeah, we, we'd love to answer any questions. Um, or if you just need a cheerleader to help you actually get started <laughs> on the budgeting, we're, we're here, we can support you. So Yes, certainly. We, it's great. We might wrap up with some final quick questions then. What's your favourite quote? Oh, look, I've got lots, but I think one that relates really well to this is one by St Francis of Assisi, and it's first do what is necessary and then do what is possible, and before you know it, you're doing the impossible. Oh, I love that one. That's that's a good one. That's inspiring for the week. It's a really good one. And I think, yeah, it, it's there's a lot of this, you know, mindset about sort of, you know, eating the frog and getting stuck into things and forcing ourselves through things. Sometimes I think it's just about breaking things down into manageable little steps and just doing what's necessary and what's possible. And, and before you know it, you've got the job done. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think that is um, some people could think about back to the budgeting side of it. Some people think of it as a huge project, but I think once you just take that first little step and chunk it down and get started, um, you'll before you know it, you will have done the process. So yeah. um, that's a really good quote. That's yep. definitely one for the wall in the office. <laughs> for sure. And look, the more you do it, the easier it gets, like anything. The first, you know, the first couple of times you do it, you might find it really challenging. And then, you know, as time goes on, yeah. it's something that just becomes quite quite a simple process. Yeah. And when you're not working on your business, where would we find you? Oh, normally in the laundry. Um, <laughs> I really, I really enjoy spending time in my garden. It's um, my awesome. Happiness. Yeah. And if you could recommend something for the listeners to read, listen, or watch, what would it be? Look, I um, I got myself into a bit of a spot a few months ago, just in full in 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 you know like drowning basically in self improvement stuff and ag stuff. And I thought, no, because there's great podcasts available and there's great resources available. And I was spending all this time just, you know, immersed in this sort of stuff. And I wasn't giving my brain a bit of a break. So then I just got back to some funny telly. So I really like watching the Fisk series on ABC iView and Rosehaven. So they're two little Australian comedies and they're just great, really light, fun, not very long episodes. So you don't end up staying up too late and uh, really, <laughs> really good fun. So I think you just need to build in a bit of a mental break and, and not, um, not try and, you know, push things ahead all the time. Yeah. I love that because I think um, I've got a bit of a habit um, spending a lot of time in the car and listening to lots and lots of podcasts and um, I do like mixing it up so um, I think that's great I'll have to have a have a watch of those um, series and yeah they sound really good so finally where can people find and connect with you yeah just at agrifocus.com.au or you can search for me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram and I think I'll pop up and yeah, awesome. drop me a message and I'm more than happy to chat. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for our chat today. And I hope that this has helped people, um, if nothing, if they're still not in love with budgeting, um, hopefully it's inspired them to start the process and, um, you know, understand the importance of it and how it can actually help you and your business. So um, reach out and let us know what you thought of this and send through any questions uh, to either of us on social media or via email or on websites. Um, you'll find us for sure. So thanks, Carmen, for joining No worries, Emily. And I'll put a, a little bit of a free download for these tips. So if anyone hasn't managed to jot down some notes and they want to go through them again and have a look at them, I'll have them up on my website available. Awesome. And I might, um, I'll get you to send me a copy and I can pop them with the show notes for this episode too. So um, people will be able to find them there as well. 
Great, Emily. Thank you. This episode was brought to you by EJS Business Services, specialising in bespoke bookkeeping services, software setup and training, and business direction and strategy. If you are a rural business owner or just starting out in business and are looking for some more support, feel free to reach out to us on social media at EJS Business Services or via our website ejsbusinessservices.com.au. Thank you for listening to the Rural Bookkeeping Podcast, hosted by Emily Cinderberry. If you loved this episode, be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, why don't you click on over and leave an honest rating and review. Or take a screenshot and share it on your stories and tag us at EJS Business Services. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.